Welcome everyone to Resurrection Life Church in Cadillac, Michigan. Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad to have you with us, and we pray that you encounter God's goodness through the message today. Centered. Um, how you guys doing today? Well, yeah, it's good. Good, 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 good. I'm so excited for today. Um, <clears throat> welcome to our family online, by the way. We so appreciate you guys showing up online. Uh, we got people just listening from, uh, you know, Indiana, Wisconsin, and in different places. Really cool that uh, we're connecting. Love, love the uh, the internet and how we can reach people. It's one of the one of the main reasons that we would do anything on social media or Facebook or anything, and that's to preach the gospel, right? It's to it's to deliver the message of the gospel. So use that for God's glory, right? Just do anything you can uh, on uh, you know to just present. Um, present that to people. Well, let me start by saying this today. We're in this series called Change Your Story. Say, change your story. Um, Let me start by saying this today. Your past doesn't determine your future. Your decision today determines it. Let that sink in for a moment. Your past doesn't determine your future. Your decision today determines it. Today, we'll have a decision to make, a simple decision to change the future, to begin breaking what I call generational strongholds. I want to give you some info and good news about this biblical subject and and offer a moment at the end for transformation, transformation. Uh, Have you ever been in one household where the whole family shows up to celebrate a special event and you could even have three and four generations under one roof at the same time and notice a common habit or behavior or a generational influence? You know, you can, see, you can see the good, kindness, right? You can see hospitality flowing in that moment. You can see generosity and sometimes comedy. <clears throat> but you might see something bad. You might see anger or worry or shame or even some addiction, and it seems to have passed through the generations from grandpa to father to son to grandson. You know, you know what I'm talking about? The old saying, like, father like son. You, you may have not heard this teaching before, but I, I, I really believe that God wanted to bring us to this moment um, to, to help us understand something that um, we may not know. Generational influences have the ability to bring blessings or, or unfortunately trouble to our lives. And understanding this brings the power to change not only your story, but the stories of your family as well. Remember, God wants to bless your family and your future family. He wants to influence the next generations. And I believe one of the greatest gifts that, that you and I can receive outside of salvation, but earthly gifts, is when we finally discover what's been holding us back in life. And I've met with a lot of people in ministry, young and old, and, and, and it's interesting when, when, you, when you can bring a person to this moment to say, oh my goodness, now I understand why I do what I do, right? And like, I was there. I'm like, oh my goodness. Okay, I'm seeing it, Lord. Thank you so much. Why did it take this long? Anyway, um, but it's what we love to do here at Res to get to the root of the problem, to find that elusive reason for the constant unnecessary trouble. And what we're finding is many people are literally battling, battling something that's generational, a generational stronghold, or to even speak from the book of Deuteronomy, a generational curse. 
Just telling you what it says. Whatever name you want to give it, it doesn't matter. It's up to you. But it's something negative and even destructive that has been passed down from previous generations. So we see this here in Exodus. Exodus 25 and 6. It says, uh, you shall not bow down to them, meaning idols. He's saying, don't, don't bow down to idols or serve them. For I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations to those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. I really like verse six. By the way, that's God's desire for you and I, a showering of his favor and blessings to a thousand generations. But verse five shows us this generational aspect. In other words, these strongholds apparently can run through the bloodlines. But that verse about God visiting the generations is actually, listen, his mercy and love. It's God showing up to a family event with three and four generations in order to reveal what needs to be healed. It is his attempt to set families free from the trap of this generational, he calls it iniquity, we just read. Iniquity. Iniquity. Say iniquity. Maybe you've heard that word before. It's a funny word. But... Let me explain it. The word iniquity means to be bent towards a certain sin. A bent towards a certain sin. It means to lean towards a certain destructive behavior, even mindset. That's what it means. So let me show you this for a minute. So, so there's sin. There's sin, right? We've heard that before. Sin just basically means missing the mark. We've all done it. We all do it. Come on. <laughs> Nobody can say they're without sin, the Bible says. If you do, he says you're, you're not telling the truth. We all, we all, we all, listen, we all miss the mark. We miss it, right, in some way. Come on. Now, then there's transgression. That's a, that's a premeditated sin or missing the mark. That, that, that's this. That's, I, I'm about to do something I know I shouldn't do, but I'm going to do it anyway. Right? We've all done that. Transgression. <laughs> Come on. And then there's iniquity. I'm showing you progression here. Iniquity. Iniquity defined as a certain bent. It's a constant leaning towards a destructive behavior or attitude. And now this iniquity has become a lifestyle. A lifestyle. It's a consistent turning to something that's not good for you and I. And by the way, it seems like it's too difficult to overcome, almost impossible sometimes. It's heavy because it's generational. In other words, this thing got bigger as the generation got longer. You guys still with me today? By the way, the blood of Jesus covers it all. Sin. <laughs> transgression and iniquity. It doesn't matter. I don't care. I don't care what, 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 how many struggles. Listen, it, your past does not determine your future. Your decision today determines it, right? But look at this interesting stuff. Lamentations 5, 7. It says, our fathers sinned and are no more, but we bear their iniquities. In other words, we bear their bents. We carry their stronghold. But I like this version. It says in, in Lamentations 5, 7, a good news. It says, our ancestors sinned but now are gone and we're suffering for their sins. And I wrote a little doggone it on the end of that. Doggone it. 
dad, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Listen, I want to encourage you today. You may be suffering, struggling from something your ancestors struggled with. That doesn't mean that our generational struggle or sin is justified, by the way. It just means that we have an opportunity to overcome it, to see Jesus put a halt to it. We are to know the schemes of the devil, but sadly, many have no idea that he works in this way. And I could even go deeper if you wanted me to, not today, but, but in, in, in Leviticus, in Deuteronomy, in, in, I believe in Numbers, in Genesis, and in Acts, there's this thing called the familiar spirit. I'm, just, I'm not going to go there, but a familiar spirit, it's where we get the word family from, family spirit. In other words, there's some mission from, from spirits, those fallen angels, there's, there's a mission they have, and that's to, that's to attack families. That's to get into families and to figure out what they do and try to get them to, to constantly struggle with the same thing. You guys hear I'm saying? That's another message. But let's get under the hood for a moment. The best way to identify a generational stronghold is to find the origin, looking back at the behaviors of past generations, discerning whether multiple people struggle with the same problem. In other words, if, if people of different generations within a family behave the same way, then there may be a generational struggle. By the way, let me just pray, say this again. There's so much good in your family. Oh, my goodness. There's so much good in my family. There's, there's a lot of great things that are happening, but sometimes that little slew foot gets in there and, and grips in a certain area. And this is what we're talking about today. You may struggle with it. You may not. But at least we're going to go there today to find out. Let me just ask you a few questions, uh, you know, because this, this cycle, if, if, we, if, if, uh, if we don't become aware of it, the cycle continues. Here's just some basic questions. Do you battle tormenting thoughts and consistently feel the absence of the love and peace of God? Do you daily battle ment mental, emotional, and physical fatigue? Do you consistently struggle with feelings of guilt, shame, condemnation, loneliness, and rejection? Do you battle a life of frustration? Do you consistently doubt God's goodness and faithfulness? If your answer is yes, these are possible signs that a generational iniquity is harassing you. Don't get too excited. So last week, if you remember, we, we, we began reading out of Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 14, incredible blessings for those who just trust and obey. Remember, trust and obey, right? Wonderful blessings. But if you keep reading, it gives the reality of those who choose not to trust and obey. This is Old Testament. I get it. But it's, it tells us for about, for, uh, from, from verses 15 to 68, gives us a look into some of the results of generational strongholds. Let me just call them out for a minute. Here, here's what you'll find. Poverty, hereditary disease, divorce, child abuse, sexual abuse, domestic violence, alcoholism, drug addiction, perversion, depression, confusion, fear, shame, rejection, self-hatred, indecision, panic attacks, mental illness, suicide, destructive attitudes and behaviors. Each of these can be, but not always, the result of a generational stronghold or curse. I had to call those out because th those are things that we see all over the place, but we don't realize that possibly it could be coming from the previous generations. 
How about you? When you look into your family tree, do you see a pattern of any of these things? Do you see a common denominator? Do you see a trend? If you see a struggle with a particular sin and see a history of that sin in past generations, I'm here to give you some really good news. That destructive generational influence or curse, whatever you call it, can be stopped today. Can be stopped today. Galatians 3.13, that's my birthday, 3.13. But Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. Woo! When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. For it is written by the scriptures, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. We have a decision to make today. Change the next generation by stopping the generational curse. Well, you might say this. Well, I thought Jesus automatically took care of that on the cross. He did. He did. Just, we just wrote it. We just, we just read it. He, he did. But just like healing or deliverance or provision or spiritual growth, they all still require faith. And so does any kind of generational harassment. We, 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 are, sa- we are saved. Listen, we are saved but still being saved, Right? We are delivered but still being delivered. We are working out our own salvation with fear and trembling. Jesus took care of all of that on the cross, and now we're walking it out by faith. I am a generational stronghold breaker. I'm first-generation pastor. My kids do not experience what I went through in my life. But here's what I noticed this is why I'm so fired up about this message. Here's what I noticed. I noticed that, that when, when I began to look at my extended family, I said, oh my goodness, look at all the stuff that I see happening that's not good and destructive. And then I can go back from this generation, look at a previous generation, and I'm thinking, hmm. And so my thought was, I'm going to get a little more um, exact. I'm going to put, my, I'm going to put the scope on my, my spiritual rifle. I'm, gonna get, I'm not just going to shoot wherever I think I should. I'm going to be like, oh, I see it. I see you, and now you got to go down. Yeah. See, the reason why I say, you know, people will say, what, 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 I mean, these generational strongholds, I thought Jesus would care. Yes, he did, but here's it. Because if, 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 if a Christian... Is, is immediately delivered from their past strongholds after being born again. Why are there so many believers still struggling with the effects of certain strongholds in their lives? Why? Why do we see that? Could it be, could it be that they're struggling with something that didn't come from then but came from previous generations? Followers of Jesus. Have you seen them? I was one of them living under this heaviness, but not really sure why. I believe it's why Jesus told the woman after she'd been forgiven, he said, now go and sin no more. And to the gentleman, he said, now you are well, so stop sinning or something worse can happen to you, he said, right? He's saying, listen, stop this thing. Stop it. let's Let's just get this thing done. Because your past doesn't determine your future. Your decision today determines it. 
what I love to do, when, when I sit down with someone, the, the reason why I'm, I'm talking about this is because we, like almost everyone we meet, we talk about this, and we're like, and we're like oh, I, I think this is what's happening. I say, tell me about your dad, or tell me about your mom, or tell me about your grandma or grandpa. And I'm like, do you see a pattern here? And then one of the most beautiful things I think the Lord can say is, hey, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. Right? There's so many people carrying heavy burdens in life, you guys. They are carrying heavy burdens. They feel so bad about themselves, and they don't realize it's not their fault. It didn't come from them. And when you can say it's not your fault, they're like, really? No. No, no. Let's break this thing right now. Let's break it. Do you see, like, you see the pattern? It's not your fault. If it's generational, right? You were born into it. You may have inherited that familiar family iniquity, that one thing, that one thing. But God has a plan for your freedom that will shatter the chains of that cycle forever. Jesus has stopped and will stop it in your life and stop it from passing on to your children because it's been too heavy for way too long. And when you release your burden to God, he releases his blessing to you and to your children and to your children's children. So, well, how do I get free, Dan? Good, I'm glad you asked. That's a great question because we're about to pray for you. Let me get you to a good place. Give you something as we finish. Because God wants to get you to the future he has always planned for you. If you want to change your story, let's go right here to this verse, Revelation 12, 11. This is a verse that has not happened yet. I love this. This is a future verse, by the way. It's really cool. God is showing us something that's going to happen in the future, but he's showing us what we can do right now. It says, they triumphed over him, the devil, and all he does to steal, kill, and destroy, oppress. Come on, that's what he does. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. They triumphed over the devil by what? The blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. This gives us the answer on how to defeat the enemy, whether it's present struggle or past generational struggle. How did they conquer the enemy? And how can I break the power of sin or any generational stronghold? Here's, there, just keep that verse up there. We're just going to keep looking at it. Re- Revelation 12, 11. Let's read it together. One, two, three. They triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. From this verse, we see, uh, starting from back to front, we see that they were sold out. They did not love their lives so much, man. They were sold out to God. See, one thing I've, I've realized in life is that you can be invested or just interested. You can be invested or just simply interested. See, the blood goes deeper. We can have surface faith. By the way, try to say that three times fast. Surface faith. That's tough, isn't it? Now try real faith, real faith, real faith. Yeah, it's easy, yeah. But surface faith is tough. It's kind of like when I, when I get my bank statement at the end of the year and I, I see how much interest I made in my checking account. 
48 cents. <laughs> you know, I'm like, it's discouraging, right? <laughs> like, man, I got to, and you're like, but yet there's, there's more in the checking account, right? But if I focus on the interest, I'm like, uh. And many, many people are just focusing on this little teeny thing that Christ did for them when God did so much more. He's got an infinite bank account for us to draw from. from. See, sold out. And maybe you've been trying to follow God wholeheartedly. You've been trying to do your best to love God, but you still feel discouraged. You still feel heavy. Listen, they were sold out. And yes, they spoke out. I love this. They spoke out. Say it. They spoke out. They spoke their testimony. They told others about the wonderful works of God. It's how we defeat our enemy. He hates to hear what God has done. He despises the miracles. And you've been trying to tell people about God and the goodness of God, but have trouble believing it for yourself. And you've been trying to do the first two. Keep that up there. Let's keep it up there for a moment. Been trying to do the first two, but maybe you missed the most important ingredient, which is the first thing spoken, the blood. The blood. This is what I need you to hear today before we pray for you. They had faith in the blood. How can you talk that way in church, blood? You know, uh, when I, our kids were growing up, don't judge me, judge me for this, but my, my kids growing up, and they were like playing, they're just little, they're playing. There was one word that always got their attention for some reason, blood. You know, when they skinned their knee and they saw blood, you know, or whatever, but blood. So I would just, I would just creep up the stairs, and they'd be playing really nice, and I'd, I'd peek around and say, blood. And they, their heads would just turn like this. They, like blood got their attention. But listen, God wants to get our attention today regarding the blood. 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 I'm so glad this verse started with the blood because the blood starts the breakthrough. The blood opens the dam. The blood gets the ball rolling. It's the blood of the lamb that will give us the ability and confidence to give our testimony and be sold out for Jesus. It's the blood of the lamb that does that. And sometimes we try so hard as Christians to do the right thing, we forget about the blood. That's how it starts. They triumphed over the enemy by the blood of the lamb. So two basic principles you need to know today. The generational thing or the, whatever you're struggling with comes through the bloodline and a generational stronghold is canceled by the blood. That's it. It's all about the blood of Jesus Christ. Here's that, there's that verse again. You can see it. They triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb. They defeated the devil and his mission to steal, kill, and destroy, oppress, depress by the blood of the lamb, by the blood of Jesus. Now, they didn't have literal blood, a vial of blood, right? They weren't, they weren't like, had this little thing and they were just kind of chucking it everywhere they went. They had faith, you guys, faith in the blood. And when you walk through this prayer tunnel, you're gonna hear stuff like, the blood of Jesus over you. I pray, I pray this all the time over my family. I say the blood of Jesus over my mind, my soul, my heart, my spirit, and my body. And then I pray it over my family. And by the way, I've seen God work breakthroughs in my family as I'm just praying that. I prayed over the church. I prayed over you. The blood, the blood of Jesus. Because the blood goes deep. It was real and is real. But they didn't have literal blood. They had, listen, faith 
in the blood. Come on. But how many of us truly know how deep its power runs in all that it provides for us? Even more important, how many of us pray it and apply it in our lives daily? See, from Genesis to Revelation, the words, the blood, are kept before our eyes, a constant reminder of its importance and significance to God and to us. The sacrifices of Abel and Noah and Isaac, the Passover lamb, the giving of the law, all came from the blood. The blood says in Hebrews, I'm going to settle this matter once and for all. I'm going to fix this thing for good. That's what the blood says. And by the way, the blood of Jesus is the greatest expression of God's love toward us. His blood is the greatest expression of his love, you guys. Do you ever try that when you're younger? I love you, brother. We're going to be blood brothers, you know? Just a little prick your little thing. I don't know. I'm going to do that. Don't do that. <laughs> but, but it was like you're trying, to, you're trying to find something deeper, Right? But the, but the blood of Jesus is his greatest expression, you guys. Listen, the power of the blood has provided everything we need to live the abundant life that Jesus offers. A life of victory, deliverance, healing, protection, authority over the devil, and all we need today is found in, the, in faith in the blood. Romans 3.25, I love this version. Jesus' God-given destiny was to be the sacrifice to take away sins. And now he, he is our mercy seat, which is another message in itself, He's our mercy seat because of his death on the cross. We, we come to him for mercy, for God has made a provision for us to be forgiven by faith in the sacred blood of Jesus. Let me quickly build your faith, and then we're going to pray for you. It was the blood that protected God's people when the angel of, the death, angel of death passed over Egypt. All who put the blood of the lamb over their doorposts of their homes would be protected and, it, and listen, and it is the blood that says this. My debt is paid once and for all. I'm justified. I'm forgiven. I'm healed. I'm spiritually alive. I have the power to overcome the enemy. I'm no longer under the curse of the law. I am near to God. I have the unmerited favor of God. I've been declared right with God, justified by God, just as if I'd never sinned. The blood says I'm free. I'm loved. I'm chosen. I am his. I'm no longer condemned, I can boldly come into God's presence and ask for help and grace in my time of need right now. There's power in the blood. I really just need to speak that out to someone who doesn't like me, not here, but in, in the spiritual realm who, who needs to hear that. Let me give you this quick testimony and we're going to get going. We're going to pray for you. I think the word came in the prayer time this morning. There's going to be miracles today. Miracles. Miracles, all different kinds, right? <clears throat> Look at the story. For 15 years, Tammy Comer lived with a progressive sickness. Now listen, she's the wife of a well-known author and pastor. Then October 14th, just a couple years ago, 2020, everything changed. My brother called to tell me he had discovered something. He learned that our great-grandmother from Mexico City had lived with a man she never married. He was a diplomat working between Mexico and Cuba. They had eight children together, but he never mentioned that he already had a wife. This man put his wife into a mental institution and left her there. And because of this pain and bitterness of this woman, this woman was forced into this institution. She put a curse 
on the great-grandmother of her, of her bloodline, declaring that every firstborn girl would suffer from a terrible illness and have an early death. Now, please hear this. This is her testimony. So she says, we look back at her family tree, and lo and behold, all of the firstborn daughters had struggles. They suffered with illness or either died. Tammy is the firstborn daughter of her father. John Mark, the pastor, and Tammy contacted this godly man who had experience in breaking generational strongholds, curses, or iniquities. When they met with him, he called Tammy to the meeting room. Her face spasms started reacting severely. She sat down, listen, and he broke the curse in the name of Jesus and by the blood of the Lamb. This is what she said after. It said it was, all, it was unemotional and felt transactional. But at that moment, my face went completely calm. I felt, listen, I felt like something had lifted off of me. And I've been completely healthy ever since. End of story. I'm reading you someone else's testimony. They overcame the devil by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, and she did not love her life, even to death. Listen, God has a plan for your freedom. Listen, that will shatter the chains of that cycle forever. Jesus will stop it in your life and stop it from passing on to your children. He's already done it. Now we just got to have faith, and this is my faith. And by the way, don't think of this battle that you're fighting for just for yourself. You're fighting for the very lineage that God gave you. Amen? Faith in the blood. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask our, our, our prayer tunnel people to come. Start forming this. This is really simple. If you've never been here before, we basically, uh, we, we are released from into the center aisle. We do two tunnels. And uh, yeah, come on up. And, uh, and we do two, two tunnels. And... Um, you just basically come and you walk through. And when I say walk through, it's, it's important to keep moving because we want everybody to get through. And you walk through and, um, and you, uh, you just experience the, 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 the spoken words, prayer, God's presence in your life. Amen. Looks like this one's a little longer over here. Oh, you're fine, you're fine. Joe and Karen, can you come up here? Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Trying to make this a little bigger here. Thank you. Thank you. I look around. And... Yeah, awesome, you guys. And all this is, is, is by faith, you walk through. You may not be struggling with generational stronghold. That's fine. Maybe, but you're struggling with something personally right now that you need prayer for. Maybe you're even praying for someone else. God's got the answer. And it's the blood of Jesus that we're going to be praying over. You're going to hear that word a lot, the blood. The blood of Jesus over you, the blood of Jesus, because there's power in the blood. Amen, you guys? that good? I love it. So you just, you, you, you go through the center, and you just walk through. And I encourage you, get as much as you want. Walk through one line, go back to the next. And then when we're done, as prayer people, as we're praying for you, we get to walk through, right? We get to walk through. It's all good. It's all good. So we're just going to play some music. We're going to pray for you. And all I want you to do in this moment is to say, I have faith in what Jesus has already accomplished on the cross. And today, Jesus is going to free me. He's going to get me to the next level. 
He's going he's gonna to remove that, whatever that thing is in your life that's not maybe not good for you. He's going to remove that. And not just for you, but for your children and children's children. You're an amazing person, by the way. But you may be, you may be under attack by a spiritual enemy. And that spiritual enemy must stop his agenda and mission today once and for all so that you can walk and fulfill your God-given destiny. Let me pray, and then we'll just dismiss from the center. Lord, I thank you, God. Today is a day of miracles. Today is a day that the blood of Jesus overcomes and has complete victory, the blood of the Lamb over any stronghold or over anything that holds people back in life, Lord God. We just call out those things like poverty and, and, and just mental attacks and all those things that people are struggling with, oppression, depression, rejection, shame, all of those things. God, we place them under the blood of the Lamb today in Jesus' name, and we accept Expect miracles, miracles, God, from you in the name of Jesus. Amen. You guys, come, come through. Yeah, come through and by faith, get prayer and watch God do incredible things in your life. Amen. We're honored that you are with us today. Please connect with us because we want to get to know you. Head to our website getreslife.org. That's G-E-T-R-E-S-L-I-F-E dot org. And like us on Facebook, Resurrection Life Church Cadillac, for upcoming events and information and ways to connect. God bless you and have a beautiful week.